Okay, go with me for a sec, Grace. You ready? I'm ready. So we have like a gala night where instead <laughs> of bombshell, we do bong shell. And we have <laughs> Megan Hilty come and Catherine McPhee come and they fight for our <gasps> roles. But I guess there's two of us and two of them, so it wouldn't be that much of a battle. <laughs> Wait, which one of them would play which one of us? I think Catherine McPhee would play you because you're more quiet and sultry. And I think Megan Hilty would play me because we're both loud as fuck. <laughs> you are such an Ivy and I'm such a Karen. <laughs> Thank you. Back in the day before Karen meant something oh. bad. You know what I mean? <laughs> when you watch Smash, are you team Karen or are you team Ivy? How do you feel? Oh, Ivy 100%. See, I feel the same, but it's not because I'm not team Catherine McPhee. I actually think genuinely it's a good competition between the two and how they set them up one really has this theatrical bombshell kind of vibe going on like she's a true broadway baby and the other one has this genuine sensitivity like that marilyn also had i think that's brilliant but i feel like they set miss Catherine mcphee up to be the lesser marilyn and it bothers me yeah she's got the more norma jean side of it they like really push that she's fierce like let her have some more fierce moments I know, and I like Catherine McPhee, but I mean, Megan Hilty sounds so fucking good singing that material. She's just a goddess. Goddess. Do you love that Catherine McPhee married fucking David Foster? Who the hell's that? Grammy award-winning composer. He was married to Yolanda Hadid, mother of the Hadid children, but he divorced her and now he's with Catherine McPhee, who is much his junior. But that being said, Catherine McPhee married into some money. Shit, so he's a composer? Yeah, I feel like an ass because like, I'm not going to be able to think of any of the songs that he's written because he's kind of written like everything. So many huge pop songs of the last like Let four me look years at he's him. written. Let me look at him. Yeah. David what? Foster. Okay, David <laughs> Foster. <laughs> oh, he's an older gentleman. Yeah, he's much older than her. Wow. Okay, I did not expect that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he worked with Whitney Houston. Holy shit, mm-hmm. he's worked with everyone. Go, Catherine McPhee. You better get a songwriter. Wow. Okay, I love that. See? You learn shit on this podcast. Really useful information. Right. I gotta tell you, we watched Glee last time, and that was, like, fun. I was like, okay. But when we finished this episode of Smash... I I really wanted to keep going. Me too. Like, I got really invested. Did you love this show? Because I, I did. I did love it. I mean, it got real bad real quick. It had so much potential. Yeah, because it starts off like, even though like they go into performance mode in this episode, it was like in their heads imagining the show and it kind of worked and it was a little more grounded in reality where like later on it goes like straight up glee. Like, remember they do that Bollywood number? Do you remember that? That is the worst moment of the series easily. It's sticks with me. Like, it haunts me a little bit. It was so, I was so embarrassed for them. Yeah, same. Like, Deborah Messing and Brian Darcy James, like, doing it. It was just, like, you could tell they just, like, hated their lives at that moment. And all because there's one Indian actor in the bunch who's not even one of the performers. No! It went off the rails a little. It did. But I like that it ended after two seasons and they were like, this is going crazy. Let's wrap it up. Wrap it up. Season two lost so many characters. They kind of just, like, restarted. Like, Jeremy Jordan came on and he had his musical yeah they killed that other guy the writer oh spoiler <laughs> oh my god oh right jeremy jordan's friend he right? got hit by What's a car andy mantis is that him is that yeah he gets hit by a car <laughs> do you know i did I some background <laughs> i did some background work in season two <laughs> it was like right when i got out of school so i was always like fawning over these people like in person wait you were in background stuff for smash season yeah two? yeah i knew you looked familiar <laughs> 
it was so fun. It was like cool to watch in person. I got to be in like one scene where they were at a party, this other party where Krista Rodriguez is doing like an aerial number, like above a table. And I got to sit at the table because they were like, we need all the young people at the table because we need fast reflexes in case something goes wrong. We don't want anyone to get hurt, which I was like, that's ageist, but okay. And then I sat in the audience of Bombshell when it happens. (gasps) And it was such a funny day because they just had a stand and clap sit, stand and clap sit because they just wanted the shot of everyone clapping like, woohoo. Uh-huh. Bernadette and Megan were on the stage and I was like, oh, this is the life. Take me to craft services. How have you never told me this? You're so fucking mysterious. Do you think? The other day you told me you went to school with a drag race alumni. You're mysterious. <laughs> well, I gotta keep you on your toes. <laughs> I can't believe you were pretty much a cast member of Smash. Yeah, they also killed me off. <laughs> if there was season three, you probably would have been featured more. Deborah Messing strangled me to death. The unseen season of Smash will never get who killed grace (laughs) oh what was just gonna say wow i lost it that's okay it was really funny too (laughs) (laughs) you dumb bitch Well, it's kind of weird, though, like, when you, when you were watching them film the show, did you ever think, like, wow, one day I'll be doing a stoner podcast reviewing old episodes of the show? Talk about full circle. Absolutely not. <laughs> you asked and the universe provided. I manifested And here this. we are. <laughs> okay, I, um, did not get any facts for this time, but I did pull up a, oh no, that's still David Foster. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> which Smash character quiz you are. You know I love this shit. If you're interested. Let's do it. It's six questions. Oh, nice. Okay. What is your dream job? To be on Broadway? To be a writer? To be a director? To be the star? To be a composer? Or to be a producer? Answer truthfully. I think I'll say to be on Broadway. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna pee my fucking pants right now. I'm gonna... No! This next question reads, What is your bisexuality? (laughs) (laughs) And the options are gay slash lesbian or straight. (laughs) Those are the only options for what my bisexuality is. What is your bisexuality? Gay, lesbian, or straight? I guess I have to pick straight. That's your bisexuality. It doesn't really give me a lot of a lot of nuance. Oh, oh my god, this next question. Baby, I did not read these before I'm fucking dying. Are you ready? Okay. When times get rough, what do you do? Yell and get angry. Tell your boyfriend slash girlfriend. I guess depending on your bisexuality. <laughs> um, slump down and cry. <laughs> Spray someone with a martini. <gasps> get drunk or don't tell anyone. Probably get drunk. Oh my god, this quiz. I wish I was the martini one though. That's kind of my dream. I know. Well, that wasn't the question though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be truthful with these kind of quizzes. How do you handle a bad situation with someone you love? Talk it out, cry, yell at them, walk away, don't do anything about it, ignore them. I talk it out. I'm a talker. I love that like every question has yell at them or (laughs) ignore them as like an option. Yeah, for real. Okay, I'm interested for you to answer this one. This is very telling about you. What is your lifestyle? Average. I can live normally, but I have to watch my pennies. (laughs) What? I'm an actress. What do you expect? A luxury mansion pretty good i have a nice house a nice family and i can afford nice things but i'm not overly rich (laughs) option four i've been doing pretty well i have a great house and not to mention my huge office just for work (laughs) option five i've got the big bucks 
My house is a suite up on the whole top floor of the building. I can afford anything. Or last option, <laughs> I've run out of money and now I need to find it. <laughs> oh my God. I really want to pick the penthouse one, but I guess I have to pick, I'm an actress. Okay. There's no room for playing in this one. It's very literal. I know. Final question. Which character do you, you as bold, think you're most like? Tom, Derek, Eileen, Ivy, Karen, or Julia? I think, wait, who's Julia? Julia's the, the writer, the Deborah Messing. Julia is um the writer, not to be confused with Quizmaster Julia. <laughs> right, of course. Deep in my soul, I think I'm an Eileen. Oh, shit, you are. I want to okay. be Eileen. Are you ready? Yeah. View my results. I'm shaking right now. Now. How are you? My God. Who am I? You got Ivy Lane. <gasps> Wow. You're a superstar triple threat. When times get rough, all you need is a couple shots of alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) I'm dying. Your one ambition is to get the star role. Under it is a quiz for how depressed are you? (laughs) What? (laughs) And above it, they're really pushing this quiz. (laughs) The answer is very. Okay, I'm going to do my question now. I'm really excited. I think you're going to get Ivy too because we always get the same results. We always get the same. It doesn't matter what quiz it is. That one that told us we were both a hairy frogfish. Right. The one that told us we were both Pocahontas. Oh my God, scary frogfish. What was it called? It was called the hairy frogfish, I think. Okay. I have to burp. Ew. I'm sorry. (laughs) I got Ivy. I'm not surprised. Listen, I need to take a picture of that question, though. Which one? The alcohol one? The bisexual bisexuality <laughs> one. Yeah, post it on the Instagram. Oh, my God. Okay. Wow. I'm so ready to get into this. I don't know about you. If that didn't get you in the mood, I don't know what will. Baby, I love this show. For me, smash over Glee any day. If you had asked me a week ago which one I preferred, I totally would have said Glee. Really? But, but I fucking love this. I was so invested. Yeah. It's so drama. I love how it begins with a kind of dream sequence immediately with Catherine McPhee, Karen, who was like our kind of leading lady, singing Somewhere Over the Rainbow. And it's so strange and out of context, but it's beautiful. And already we're like, who's this bitch? Her dress was hideous, though. It looked like blue Cinnabons. And it also, it also, it also... (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like the eye from Aida. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like that Egyptian eye that's like all oh, over the Aida. Like, sure, sure. It was just like too many crazy designs and like blue. It was... You have to remember though, this is 2010, 2011-ish. That was the fashion. Baby, we were dressing so badly. Yeah. What was up with it? Like, will we look at now and think the same thing? I don't know. I've kind of always just worn tie-dye for my <laughs> whole life. So it, my fashion doesn't really change too much. Not with the times. You are who you Lots are. Lots of plaid. I love a plaid <laughs> shirt over a t-shirt. <laughs> Plaid and tie-dye. Right. They so don't go together. Ouch. (laughs) (laughs) Is it like tie-dye in the summer, plaid in the winter? Is that the deal? Whoa, whoa. I'm getting a lot of Karen Ivy vibes (gasps) from us right now. A lot of friction. Okay, well, I guess that makes you Karen then, doesn't it? Oh, shit. So the person behind the table doesn't give two fucks about Karen's audition. She answers her phone in the middle of the call. And later she says that's the director. So I'm like, wow, is Karen only going in for like new Broadway musicals where like the entire creative team is auditioning? It's just weird always in shows like this where they're like the director is at the audition. That's pretty rare. Baby, that's That's a great fucking opportunity. Even if you don't get it, that's great to be seen. By a director. So they get to know you. Bless 
honey, I've had people eating sandwiches during my auditions. I've done eight bar cuts for auditions. I've not even been seen. At least you're being seen, Karen. I hate when you like literally see them put it into like a no pile. It's demoralizing. I hate that. That's when you're like, uh, I'm going to drink the rest of the day. That's when you go to TJ Friday's after, get some mozzarella sticks. Not that. Some potato skins. Yeah, that. Hell yeah. Bless. I used to always go to Blockheads after, but Blockheads by New World Stages is no more. <gasps> is that crazy? What? Yeah. It's not there anymore. I mean, I don't think I've been there in years. When did it close? Because the pandemic? It was always outside. It should have been The outrage in the your pandemic. voice. <laughs> no, I think it might have been before or I don't know, early on. I'm not sure, but it's gone. What's there now? I don't know. Something else. Passed it the other day and was like, meh. Do you remember Mars 2112? What's that? It was like the space restaurant in Times Square. You had to like ride a spaceship to get into the restaurant. Oh my god, like, I never Mars. went. <laughs> was it fun? It was fun. We went for like a friend's birthday in college. Oh, I love that. I think we went for Laura on our Annie episode. I think it was her birthday. I can't remember. But we went for someone's birthday in college. Rest in peace, Mars 2112. I know. Gomp and I've forgotten. On your smoke break, do you A, smoke, B, drink, C, have a cupcake, D, yell at your friends and family, or E, explore your bisexuality. Whatever it is, we hope you enjoy it. When Ivy Lynn enters the audition, it's so sickening. She comes in right after Karen, who's just in her feels because she isn't being given enough attention. And Ivy Lynn comes in and she bends over and shows them her ass, taking off her jacket, saying, oh, what do you want to hear first? The up-tempo or the ballad or whatever she fucking says. I was like, this queen. She is that bitch. Uh-huh. And she looks good as hell, too. I know that's weird. I don't want to be weird. Just sexualize her the whole time. But she's so hot. Yeah, we can sexualize her for a second. Yeah, because we know our bisexuality. We know. We're, <laughs> and we're comfortable with our bisexuality. <laughs> gay slash lesbian. I, Mikey, and my bi- bisexuality is gay. <laughs> <laughs> and nothing can change that. <laughs> he came out. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> my bisexuality is out. You hear that new york (laughs) (laughs) you hear that mars 2112 oh god okay so so we meet christian (laughs) borrell and deborah messing who are writing a music duo what are their names it's like julia and tom tom julia and tom yeah he's gay she has um a husband and a child and she's adopting another hopefully so they've got their own shit going on and and i mean her husband's brian darcy james though you can't just say she's married that's huge I was gonna get to that when he featured. <gasps> I just embarrass you in front of everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, though, I, I fucking live for this casting. The two of them do really work together. I don't know. I do believe them as this writing duo because they're both so ridiculous. They're so upset that My Fair Lady is being produced. They're so upset. Yeah. They're like, what about new musicals like we write? And it's like, relax. It's a revival of a classic. What the fuck is wrong with you? They are pissed like everything's either like a movie or a remake. Yeah. So then they write Marilyn the Musical, which is literally about a movie star. Right. It's tricky. Grow up. It's a little complicated. <laughs> right. Grow up. You're adults. <laughs> and Christian Burl has this cute little assistant. And he's like, you guys should write a musical about Marilyn Monroe. Ellis, he's evil, remember? Oh, yeah. He dies as well, doesn't he? Spoiler alert. No, but they write him off. 
They oh. just write, he's one of the characters we lose in between season one and two. But they make him like, and then he starts working for Angelica Houston. Oh, that's right. And then he like, screw her over too. And he becomes like this big villain. I don't but like just, that like, they did that. it just never landed. It never really like, Made sense. worked. So they yeah. just got rid of him. They were like, well, what should we do with this adorable, handsome, young man assistant who's like eager to be in the business? I know, we'll make him the epitome of evil. Like, what? Right. And he makes them mac and cheese. Yeah, he's a nice, thoughtful person. But he does get pissed when Deborah Messing asks him to get her a coffee. But to be fair, he's not her assistant. Okay, I guess you're right. Like, he's not everyone's assistant. He's Tom's assistant. I can admit when I'm wrong, Grace. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot in this that probably wouldn't have been made today because Tom wants to fuck Ellis. He, later on, when they go to their Broadway show that's playing, Tom has fucked one of the dancers in it and he's just sexualizing like all the people that work for him and it's a bit weird and same with the director that comes in later on that's like the Bob Fosse type it's a bit much in a way that it's not a statement on it about how wrong it is it's just like that's the business you gotta sleep with people you know what I mean yeah no there's a scene at the end and we'll get to it that's pretty horrific and at the end it's not like oh my god I can't believe you did this to me I'm gonna take you down it's like well that's how it is but I'm not gonna play that way they kind of like make it okay but that's not the way she's gonna get there right it would never fly today it made me super fucking uncomfortable no it's so true so karen has this job right she's a waitress she's in the cafe we meet her cute ass fucking boyfriend i don't remember his name he's sexy oh yeah he's so sexy he's in like a bunch of shit he's in the second sex in the city too he's oh. like the guy who carrie meets at the hotel i don't remember that i think i blocked that film out i think a lot of people blocked that film <laughs> out. the only part i remember is samantha going lawrence of my labia <laughs> Yeah. Because that's genius. That's genius. (laughs) I love the word labia. (laughs) It is a funny word. There are just some words that are always funny. Labia is always funny. Queef is never not funny. Yeah, I also would say sphincter. Sphincter, stop it. I haven't heard sphincter in years. You just perked me up when you said that. (laughs) Say sphincter again. Sphincter. Stop it. Sphincter ASMR. (laughs) (laughs) I'm confused about her boyfriend, though. He works in politics, but he seems to be kind of coaching her in her career in some ways, which is a little confusing. But also, I'm confused about what she says in general, because she's talking to the boyfriend about what her agent said about the audition she did earlier and how they said she's not sexy. She's the girl next door. And it's so funny because she's this gorgeous, Glamazon model, probably one of the sexiest people ever. And they're like, she's not sexy. Because she's brunette. That's like the only thing. <laughs> it, it doesn't make any sense. And then she says this weird thing where she's like, why do I have to be sexy? I wish I was fat. What? Yeah. First of all, fat people are sexy. Who told exactly. you they weren't? It's just so odd. The writing is really bizarre at times. When I think about the show, I'm like, yeah, it's old, but it's not that long ago. But like some of these lines and some of the writing feels like a fucking lifetime ago. I guess things have really changed a lot in a short fucking time because a lot of this shit just would not fly. Yeah. And then you think, was I 
saying things like this 10 years ago? We absolutely were. I hope we not. We absolutely were. I hope we weren't either. But when you're young and you see shit on TV and you're like, oh, that kind of stuff's okay to say. Exactly. Yeah. Of course we're going to school and we were repeating that shit. Yeah, that's Because so we true. didn't know we, we, that's what we saw on TV. Yeah. Yeah, that's so real. I hope none of the 50 plus episodes we've recorded of us talking now come back to haunt us in 10 years. <laughs> in 10 years, everyone's like, you can't talk about labias. And we're like, oh no. <laughs> Listen, if that's the kind of world we're in, I don't want to be in that kind of world. I want to talk about labias till the day I die. Give me labia, give me death. <laughs> <laughs> Is that John Adams? <laughs> Who said that? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, going back to the Ellis scene in the apartment, uh-huh. just a little something picked up was he um, borrowed Tom's Marilyn Monroe book. Right. Which kind of plants the seed for the Marilyn musical. And he's like, well, a Marilyn musical would be good. And they're like, no, there's a movie coming out, an app for the iPad where you can blow her skirt up. <laughs> and, and Ellis is like, well, doesn't that mean that people like her, that people want to see shit about her since she's everywhere and they're like hmm and that gets their <laughs> wheels turning i also thought that bit about the app was so funny <laughs> i know i would kind of get that she's like there's this app and you press a button and it blows the skirt up i was like what is that is it a game it's just an app where you get to watch a skirt get blown up what is I this about buy an app that is just her skirt but i would buy an app that like you could pick different things to blow like a flag or a tree <sighs> or a leaf <laughs> or a dick like no sicko <laughs> <laughs> stop being a sphincter <laughs> then we catch Deborah messing in bed like watching clips of Marilyn and getting all emotional and, like connecting to her work and you're like uh oh but she's supposed to take a year off she's not supposed to do any work on any theater and take a year off to work on their abortion oh, adoption you just said <laughs> abortion I did I did <laughs> <laughs> It takes a year to work on it. Bitch. This whole thing about like, oh, we need a year off so we can get this adoption figured out. Surely it makes more sense for her to work while they're figuring the adoption out and not when the baby's there. Yeah. She's gonna take time off for like the first couple of years of the baby's life. It's just so weird. I'm sure it's a lot of work to adopt, but at the same time, it can't be more than having the baby, right? I think it is a lot of work to have an adoption, but I don't think you need to give up your job to do it. I don't think it's an all day. And like Brian Darcy James, her husband, is he giving up his work? Right. What does he even do? I don't know. Like you said, we see a little bit of Heaven on Earth, which is their other, which Tom and Judy's other show. Judy. And- Uh, what's her name Julia Julia their other show and we see Ivy she's like in the chorus in the show and she's very thankful to be in a Broadway show but she wants to move up she's ready to be a star Deborah Messing winds up writing one song that they're gonna make a demo of for the musical Brian Darcy James just like can't fucking handle it he's so angry and she forgot their social worker appointment she planned to record the demo on the day the social worker was coming to see if they could have an adoption that's pretty fucking bad yeah she needs an assistant Right. She needs an Ellis. And not to just get her coffee to figure out her life. I mean, that's a big appointment to forget. That's like, yikes, a little bit. Literally, just get a planner, even. It's so weird. Like, you're so successful. Right. How are you this much of a mess? Hey, Siri, put my social worker appointment in my... Oh, no, my Siri's doing it. <laughs> no, Siri, stop. You always do this. Siri, Stop. <laughs> stop. Does she shut up? No, she's still typing. Hey, Siri, stop. <laughs> I'm get in the way. 
Okay, I think it's good. Ivy Lynn is going to sing in this demo, right? And Ivy Lynn's so grateful as well because when Tom came to see her at Heaven on Earth, Ivy Lynn like gets this call from her agent and she has this emotional response because she's like, I just really want to part. I don't want to be in the chorus anymore. But she's so upset by this audition she did not ace. I don't know. It's so weird in film and TV as well when they do this. It's so rare that I feel that way after an audition I didn't get. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, grow up. You fucking face rejection all the time. So Ivy goes back in to record this demo and sneaky little Ellis pulls out his phone and records the rehearsal and posts it on social media and blames his mother. He said he sent it to his mother and his mother put it out there. Come on, Ellis. He threw Mother Ellis under the bus. Just for Mother Ellis. That was so strange. (laughs) The real victim of the show. Mother Alice. <laughs> Mother Alice. So everyone's super pissed, Tom and, and Julia. But what ends up happening is they're super freaked. We're going to be judged about this. The critics are going to talk about it. And, you know, we, we're just playing. We don't know that this is it. We're just trying to figure out what we want the show to be. But then this critic that they talk shit about that they think is terrible is like, I love it. So they're excited. It ends up working in their favor. Thanks, Alice. Yeah, I did think that whole bit of her tearing apart this reviewer and what a schmuck he was. And then once the review was good, like, well, he's not really that, that that bad. I thought that was funny. I think she, you know, using those old Will and Grace chops to land a bit. <laughs> I loved it. I love Miss Deborah Messing. I love Deborah Messing. I feel like no one's really like her. Yeah. She's a unique little special snowflake, and I love that for her. And she always seems to be working. She always does stuff. She's a real New York actress. Right. I don't think she ever leaves the city. All her projects seem to be in New York. We love that. Right. We'd love to have her on the podcast. <laughs> we could review, like, Kinky Boots or something with her. Oh, my God. I bet she'd be so loving, and she would just glow talking about all her theatrical right. faves. And we'd give her, like, the hard-hitting questions, too like where do you like more queef or sphincter (laughs) (laughs) she's a queef girl right she's queef um you know who else we love who queen of the universe angelica houston finally finally enter eileen played by angelica houston she's a producer and she's in these divorce proceedings and essentially her ex is fucking her over it's drama okay i really should have looked this up because i've never known what this means but i love how it sounds escrow escrow i knew you were gonna say it I don't know what it means either. I have no idea. What does it mean? We should have looked this up. Should we look it up right now? Right. I know that my mom used to make baked escarole on Christmas, and that was good. I don't know what that is either, so you're just adding more. What is escarole? Escarole is like a a vegetable. Yeah. Let's look them both up. We're learning. This is the true... This is my education. Because she's like, all my possessions are in escrow. He's fucking me over. She and her husband would produce things together. And they were producing that My Fair Lady revival. And now it's all tied up. It's in escrow. An escrow is a contractual arrangement in which a third party receives and disperses money or property for the primary transacting parties with the disbursement dependent on conditions agreed to by the transacting parties. What? (laughs) (laughs) You literally sounded like you were possessed by someone. (laughs) I've never heard you talk like that. (laughs) I couldn't stop. I like once I started reading. Okay, it's a type of legal holding. So what it kind of looks like is that until things are figured out, none of you get it. Yeah, yeah. Right? She doesn't have her money, but she's a little fighter. An escarole is a vegetable. It's like a, a lettuce like spinach, broccoli rob type of vegetable, but not as bitter as broccoli rob. Oh, broccoli rob would be a cool drag king name. Yes. Especially if your name was Rob. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> wow, you're welcome, young drag queens out there listening. Shout out to all our young drag queen fans. <laughs> Hey, have a wonderful smoke break. And if you don't smoke, have a drink. And if you don't drink, have a snack. Ooh, I hope no one's recording the smoke break to leak it early online. Ellis. Oh, oh, Ellis comes in to Tom and Julia. He's like, I'm so sorry. He brings them baked goods. He opens his heart to them about how excited he is to be part of this world and how he just got ahead of himself. They're pissed, but then they forgive him because they're like, listen, it's okay. It all worked out. And then they kind of invite him back into everything. But they're like, you can't have your phone around, basically. But he's... That was awesome. When Deborah Messing was like, they started doing the music and she was like, give me your phone. Like, she's not fucking around. I like that they took him back because it was right. And then Eileen wants to get in on the Maryland musical because basically she's like freaking out that her projects are all tied up now so she wants to do the next big thing to get her finances in order so she wants to be a part of the show and she wants to bring in this hotshot director called Derek is that his Derek name? Wells Derek Wells yeah and he's a, a fossey kind of character but he's English he's like a bad boy he's choreographer director film TV Broadway he does it all and he seems to be a bit of a womanizer and a bit of a history a lot of like old stories going around about him and Christian Borrell's like uh uh I don't want any part of this guy yeah he hates him Eileen is like well listen he's gonna come in he's gonna pretty much audition he's gonna do one number is this a real thing I don't know I've never heard of this where you have to direct one number and then like I mean I've never been on the Broadway level so I don't know if like that's how it works if Smash is accurate I'm gonna guess Smash isn't accurate I did this thing with the production company that was auditioning directors for cruise ship shows and theme park shows. And it was so weird. Our whole cast was there all day and they brought in a different director every hour, basically. And they were all working with the same material. So we basically learned six versions of the same song, different dances to it. By the end of the day, my brain was mashed potatoes. I felt really bad for the last person because I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, it just was so hard to keep straight then, like which one you were doing. That's a lot in one day. Okay, we get to see rehearsals for America's Pastime. I like this, but it's also so sexual to the point where I'm like, they're kind of doing Norma Jean dirty with this number. It's just like baseball sex euphemisms. And they're really like, oh, we want to show her how she really is the real Norma Jean. She's not just a sex symbol. And then the first number's on pretty much dry humping baseball bats. I don't know, 15 men around her as the baseball player and she's just all alone being thrown around them, her legs wide open. It's hot and they all look amazing, but it is just the most sexual thing. And the best part, but also the worst part, is when she just starts yelling, Peanuts! Yeah. Hot dogs! Cracker Jack! I don't care if I ever come back! (laughs) (laughs) That is the weirdest bit! I fucking lost it. I did laugh a lot at, um... Baseball diamonds are a girl's best friend. (laughs) Angelica Houston, I Eileen really wants Derek to be the director. Julia's into it, but Tom is like, no, 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 no. But he does a great job. So he's kind of the director. And then they start auditioning Marilyn's. Wait, do we ever find out why Tom hates him so much? Is there a story or just doesn't like him because he's a womanizer? We definitely didn't find out in this pilot episode. Maybe later but on like, we did. Yeah, I do not remember. So yes, yeah, so now we're at auditions and everyone is like cosplaying Marilyn Monroe. This is the weirdest fucking thing. No one does this. 
People come in in costume. Fucking, what's her name? What's her nuts? Karen comes in and is like, with her boyfriend also. Like, why is he with you? Doesn't he have to go to work? She's like, I should have dressed up. Because everyone's dressed up. Like, girl, what? What are you talking about? Right. It's like wearing a habit to a sister act audition. Like, you just, it's like insane. Like, you don't need to do that. That'd be kind of funny, like, having to dress, like, every part you're auditioning for. Like, finding a multicolored coat. (laughs) (laughs) Auditioning for the Little Mermaid coming in as a fish <laughs> just a fucking cat <laughs> just so many beasts waiting outside the hallway to go ahead <laughs> oh my god a homemade beast costume though <laughs> superstar annalee ashford makes an appearance so funny as always but i kind of wanted more of her i was like why isn't she in this in this she sings i wanna be loved by you she's in the diamonds are a girl's best friend dress Derek hates her she leaves i mean she's so good what we could have had more of her it was like a little tease if you will i wanted her to be the recurring character they're all fighting right because tom is like it should be ivy it was ivy all along she's our Marilyn. she's great she's just not famous like you want Derek. but Derek is like listen she doesn't need to be famous but we need someone who's a star we need like it all depends on Marilyn. she has yeah. to be incredible and he's right but tom kind of promised it to ivy in a way like he told her it was hers with and that's like not yeah. you shouldn't do that no. and now tom you could tell he's like especially when he sees karen which we'll talk about in a second and she's good you can see him like oh fuck like he's trying so hard not to like her tom you have to have auditions what are you, you talking have about have to you have to like the union makes you <laughs> like what the fuck he's like That's so true. angry they're there and you're just like what and then Karen comes in and they're like, wow, how refreshing. You didn't come in costume. Right. And she sings beautiful I by Christina I Aguilera. You know, she stood up by that piano and I was like, okay, <laughs> I remember that something out of control is about to happen. But I, and I could see this in my head from the commercials, but I couldn't remember what song it was. And this is what you use on like all the trailers too. Like this was every commercial had this. So fucking funny. And they're like blown away by her beautiful. Her Her voice is incredible, but I didn't think this really showed it off. That is exactly what I put. I was a little underwhelmed. Like, I I thought she was about to belt out a really long, high note. Like, I was waiting for it. I was like, okay, here it comes, here it comes. And then she just ended. I was like, oh. That song is sung by easily our best pop vocalist of our time. A Christina Aguilera song, and you're going to sing it in a a kind of low-key way. I don't know that that was the choice. Also, the material makes no sense for Marilyn. Why are you coming in with a pop song? A contemporary pop song? Right. And if we're supposed to have this character who blows us away and makes us question casting Ivy, she had to be better than Ivy, at least in this audition song, because it had to make us be like, oh, shit, you know? And I don't think I got that. Ivy was still better. But this is what I mean. It's not Catherine McPhee. They set Karen up for failure for us in, like, rooting for either of them. You don't think we're supposed to be rooting for Catherine? You don't think they're setting Ivy up as the villain a little? Not villain, but like... I think they are trying to set it up so that there actually is Team Ivy and team Karen. But at the Uh end of the day, so few people are actually team Karen because they don't really give her her due. Like she doesn't really get to shine. Even like later on when they sing Let Me Be Your Star because of voice type, but you have Megan Hilty singing all the upper options. Yeah. Of course she's the fucking star in that number. You're like- That's true. She's singing such harder shit. I'm not impressed by the one taking the low harmony when the other one's like screlting. Yeah. God, I'm getting in my feelings about this. I'm getting worked up. Well, don't get worked 
up because she gets a call back. She's still in the running. Good news. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I also like when she sings um, Beautiful and she's hallucinating that she's singing it to her boyfriend. Oh, and then he's sitting there. God. It's so awkward. And this man who doesn't even make it to season two, they don't even last like the whole season. I don't, think. <laughs> don't he and Ivy fuck at one point? Oh my God. Yeah, I'm like 90, I think you're right. 90% I sure think that she happens. fucks him. What the fuck this show? <laughs> I forgot about that. And Ivy is telling her mom that she's getting a call back. This mother doesn't give two fucks. But wait, doesn't Bernadette Peters play her mom? Yeah, that's what I didn't get about this either. They changed it. Pilots are different. You know, sometimes the story changes from a pilot. It seemed like in the pilot they made it because she's talking on the phone and we don't hear what the mom is saying. But based on what Ivy's responding back, it sounds like the mom is saying, oh, what? What are you talking about? What musical? Who cares? And then she's talking about somebody that's going to night school because their job at the dealership. It's really weird. It makes it sound like the mother doesn't know anything about theater. It doesn't get it. And like is proud of their son who is working a real job is what they, yeah. the tone was. That goes away because Bernadette comes on as her Broadway star mother. I will also say this next scene I found very uncomfortable with Karen and her boyfriend. All of a sudden her boyfriend's like an expert on Marilyn Monroe. He knew so much about her and like watch her in this scene watch her in this scene and then they start getting like fucking turned on by this Marilyn Monroe scene and they like make out a little bit and they both stop and watch they start going at it again maybe this is just my head making this more demented after it but after commercial they pick up to them in bed naked and they're like next time we have to watch this movie and I'm like okay I did not imagine that they're fucking no. like getting off to these Marilyn Monroe movies the best part of his Marilyn Monroe expert testimony is him fucking saying there's this itty bitty scene where he's like you've got to wear something for your callback that accentuates your breasts. Marilyn was obsessed with her breasts. And Karen's like wasn't everybody else? And he's like yeah but so was she. That's the like, whole scene. <laughs> and then later on they're watching the movie and he's like look at how she points her breasts at him. It's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> it, it makes you almost think like he's going to turn out to be like a pervert or something or yeah. like some sort of other storyline but it's strange it's very fucking strange one of the strangest scenes I've ever watched he went from like I work in the mayor's office I don't know anything about the theater world to like being a pro on Marilyn Monroe and other things as well Karen mentions some other movie and he's like no that's blah 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 in this movie and he like goes with her to her audition he does all this stuff it's like what do you do bro I don't get it right yeah very odd very strange fucking scene made me very uncomfortable yeah speaking of making me uncomfortable Karen gets a phone call to go to Derek the director's house so she runs over there and he's like nice of you to join me she's like you sent it 20 minutes ago So it's very strange she goes to this man's house why does she go I don't know I mean I don't know. So she gets there and he's like kind of giving her tips like you have to tap into her sexuality. He pretty much asks her to fuck, right? Yeah, basically. It's like him trying to tell her about the business at first and it's kind of weird because it's kind of antagonistic and how she's 24 and hasn't done enough. It's like she's out of school for two years. Relax. He wants her to perform for him because she's telling him about how she and the boyfriend were watching some like it hot and practicing and all this stuff. And he's like, oh, show me. And she's like, what? 
And he's like, well, I need to see everything. And she freaks out. She leaves. She kind of storms out. She goes to the bathroom then, though, and has a look at herself in the mirror. And it's so upsetting because then she comes back. She's, like, crying. She's, like, teary-eyed in the bathroom. Yeah. She locks herself in. Breathing deeply, you're like, girl, get out of there. Like, yeah. this is so fucking uncomfortable. Danger, danger, danger. Go, go. <laughs> <Danger>. <laughs> and then she comes back out in nothing but a button-down shirt all open. And she does that sexy happy birthday song that Marilyn did to It JFK. wasn't sexy. It was so awkward, though. It was so uncomfortable. There was nothing sexy about this. It was weird. And she's straddling him. And he's like, ooh, wow. And then he tries to make a move at the end. And she's like, no. Never going to happen. That's what she says. I hate it. I it's hate cringe. it. It's cringe. There was nothing sexy about the scene. It did nothing to make me question my bisexuality. <laughs> I like... <laughs> I was so uncomfortable. It was so awkward. He's a pig. She's uncomfortable. <laughs> it was an awful fucking scene. I was so yeah. into the show. And like these last like 10 minutes of these two scenes, I wanted to claw out my eyes. Very much. This is how it is. This is what you have to do, girl. It sucks. Like, no, you don't. He's disgusting. What the fuck? This was a world before hashtag me too. Yeah. There was no like, I can't believe you just propositioned me. I'm going to get you, fucker. There was none of that. It was like, okay, he wants to help me that way, but I'm going to do it my own way. It was just like weird. He's fucking Harvey Weinstein and we're just like, okay, I guess it's okay. Right, right. What the I fuck? Mean, and this man stays like a lead character. I think he has a baby with Ivy in the end. Like that's their happy ending. Like they decide to have a family together. Like Does that happen? I forgot. I swear to God, like she's pregnant <laughs> and she tells him and he's like happy and they raise oh, his child together. Wow. And then the two of them do like a Chicago end number together to Bombshell. Bitch, I really need to fucking rewatch this whole thing. It's such a blur. I know. Also, unfortunately, it's nowhere. You have to buy the episodes. Why do we keep doing this to people? I don't know. Glee and Smash? Put this shit. How is Smash not on Peacock? I don't know. Well, because it's, it's NBC, Fox. no? It's Fox. Oh, oh that's why. <laughs> <laughs> no, Peacock. Peacock is NBC. But Smash I was Fox? believe you. Yeah, NBC's Peacock, but Glee was on Fox. I thought Smash was NBC. I blacked out. Smash was NBC. Oh, then why isn't it on Peacock? I don't know. I can't believe people listen to this freely. I can't believe people <laughs> take their time and listen to this nonsense. <laughs> we literally get the best number of the whole fucking thing then, which is Let Me Be Your Star. This song slaps all the fucking time. And it's them no. going into the audition. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. As awkward and uncomfortable as I was for the last 10 minutes, this like brought me right back fucking into it. And it's them like each walking to the audition, like in the shower, getting ready, each taking turns singing this song. Mm. And then at the end, and when they both enter the door and enter the building at the same time and look at each I other, like, it. shut up. That's good TV. That That's is a theatricality. good TV. Yeah, and they all know them, what like, we want. Behind the table, hustling to the room because they're all late. So they're all hustling in at the same time and like giving each other kisses. I love all the people watching them. They're all like, ooh, yeah, reacting, reacting. And then you have Ellis there just having the time of his fucking life. Yeah, they brought him into the auditions. I mean, that's inappropriate. He does not need to be there for that. Yeah, he's the assistant of I the I think composer. it's cool they let him do some things because he, it, like, but like, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Ellis. That's too much. <laughs> Ellis. <laughs> 
Not Ellis. It's the pilot of Smash. That's the pilot. I enjoyed it so much more than the pilot of Me Glee. Me too. I did like Smash more than Glee, though, even though now I'm like, should I have? Let me rewatch it and see how much more I cringe. Yeah, that's fair. I think it deserved better. I think it deserved more than two seasons. I don't know. Did it? Oh. <laughs> Wait, I have to tell you about this tweet I read that was like about, do you know, we were talking about that character, the Andy Mientis character that gets hit by uh-huh. a, a car and dies in season two. And there was uh-huh. a tweet that like, I'm gonna butcher but somebody said something along the lines of that for some reason like over time that came to be in their head the actual story of Jonathan Larson they mixed up the stories what because you know like Jonathan Larson died from what was it a brain aneurysm something like that really Uh suddenly she had watched Smash and then it had been years and she hadn't really thought about it and her brain confused them so then in her head that's like that was the story of (laughs) Jonathan Larson I get what you're saying now. I get what it's, you're and saying now. And like she now. fully convinced herself. And then she was like, oh no, that was a <laughs> fictional character on Smash. Like... <laughs> that's what they were referencing though because it was like right before their show opened which i cannot remember for the life of me what it was called but i loved the numbers from that one the uh-huh. diva character with her gun <gasps> the diva i have that song i work out to that song sometimes i want to have your workout playlist i don't know if you do i do if you can handle it okay i'll give it to you okay <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk after okay cool. should we do kill fuck mary okay i'm giving you the hot boyfriend of Karen. I'm going to give you Brian Darcy James. Mm. And I'm going to give you... I'm going to give you Tom. Kristen Borle. I'm killing Tom. (gasps) Wow. I don't like Tom. He's too much. He's so emotional. He's so annoying. He fucks people he shouldn't be fucking. He's messy. I would probably fuck Brian Darcy James. I do think he's husband material, but to be honest, again, he's so whiny about this adoption. Ugh. Stop it. (laughs) So I would marry the hot boyfriend. Because, first of all, he's so hot i'd be like so into him all the time and that's what really matters i like that he works in politics because i think that's interesting and um i mean he's weird he's surprising he knows all this shit about classic films what else does he have in store for me exactly yeah okay what's mine ellis eileen and julia okay i would oh Fuck. That's a hard one. Okay, I would 100% marry Eileen. We'd be such a powerhouse <sighs> couple. And if you divorce, don't let things be an escrow. I would never, or escarole. <laughs> no, um, cook that on Christmas. <laughs> right. <laughs> Little sausage, black olives. Oh my mm, God. Breadcrumbs on top. You bake it. Oh, girl, it was good. It was so fucking good. Okay, I would... Oh. I can't do it. I can't kill Julia. I kill Ellis and I would try to get it out for Julia. Wow. Ellis is so fucking cute though. And your bisexuality. But he's... Don't bring up my bisexuality <laughs> on, on this podcast. But your bisexuality is ma'am. gay. You don't want to fuck Ellis. He's so cute. No, I don't trust him. He'd probably record it. And I don't need no OnlyFans. <laughs> He'd be like, I sent it to my mom. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Bullshit. I sent my sex tape to Mother Ellis. It's not my fault. Now get me a coffee. <laughs> it's all over the internet now. <laughs> she put it out there. <laughs> Mother Ellis. <laughs> Smash is trash. No lie. Smash is trash. Smash is trash. But I loved every second. It's the best yeah. kind of trash. And just so our listeners know, if you really love Smash and you want to hear people talk about it a lot, there is um, a podcast that explores Smash entirely. And I believe I might be getting this wrong by like one word, but I am 90% sure it's called To Be a Smash podcast. We are friends on the Twitter. And yeah, they are true smash fanatics so 
We love a plug. Yeah, if you want more, they're the ones. And we're here to curate for our listeners. You know what I mean? Because we dabble in everything. So We're givers. Yeah. We are like that book, The Giver. I love that book. Me too, a classic. Okay, listen, when we do our book club, <laughs> I find our book club. <laughs> That's the first one. It's just books you read so in middle school. So we pick a theater book and every week read a chapter of the theater book and start each podcast discussing the chapter of the theater book. That's not a bad idea, actually. I think that's fun. I don't hate that. No. Plus, like, we'll be, let's be honest. We don't really need to follow a formula. Like, we're idiots. We're just doing no. what we do. Eventually, we're going to run out of people to kill, fuck, marry in the industry. That's true. We're going to need new segments. We're going to have killed everyone and we'll be blacklisted. So we'll have to just... Right. Or fuck them all <laughs> and be embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> or we'll marry them all and be in love. Right. Right. So... <laughs> On that note, thanks for listening to another episode of uh, High Flying Adored. It's been a smash. It has been a smash. Um, and we love you. We love you. Hit that smash, smash that like button, that follow button, that, yeah, smash yeah. those buttons. And you know what? Smash us a review on whatever podcast platform you're smashing yeah, these smash days. smash us a review on Apple Podcasts and um, tell us you love us. Yeah, because we love you. We love you. Smash you later. <laughs> High Flying Adored is hosted by us, Mikey and Grace. It's produced by us, Grace and Mikey. Special thanks to Andy Mowat for our kick-ass theme song. Please rate and review us on whatever platform you're streaming this on. While you're at it, please follow our Instagram, High Flying Adored. That's flying with no G. Email us at highflyingadoredpodcast at gmail.com. We love you. We love you. Thanks for listening. We love you. 